Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio production. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. Also known as Lifehack. That is my <laughs> pilot call sign. <laughs> and the president of the podcast and the 12 Colonies, MapQuest. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so... Welcome, listener. If you're joining us for the first time, we're glad you're here. If you've been with us for the whole journey, uh, boy, what a ride. Uh, If you have not yet, please make sure that you uh, give us a quick subscribe in your podcast uh, listening platform of choice uh, so that you get updates each week when we bring you a new episode, because that's how we're doing this journey. One episode, one week at a time. So before we get started with this episode, a quick content warning. Uh, there is a, a, a scene that is very important, uh, vital to the plot of this episode uh, that we talk about, but it could be triggering for some listeners uh, that does involve self-harm, specifically with the use of a firearm. Uh, so if that is something that is is going to uh, cause issues for you, please uh, know that you know we mean no harm, and this might be one that you want to skip. Uh, or at least skip the first, uh, we'll say, uh, 20 minutes. We'll, we'll definitely be past it by then. Maybe maybe what we'll do is we'll put in the show notes the actual time that we talk about it. And uh, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes uh, so you can check that as well. If you're, uh, if you're concerned, we'll put the timestamp so you can skip right past that. Uh, and that said, uh, oh, say, can you see? It's Cobalt's last gleaming. Let's get into it. Previously on Battlestar Galactica. I'm not going to try to do much of a recap to start this. I really think we need to jump right in because a lot happens in this. And, Finally. Uh, we <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you. You've worn me down. You've, you've broken me. Uh, but no. Um, that this is quick, the, huh? this, Yeah, it only took 12 episodes. 13? <laughs> I don't know. I can't count. Uh, this is the first of a two-part season finale. <laughs> that's it. That's... That's that's the real talk right there. We are approaching the end of season one, uh, and I, I hope it's been as much of a, a journey for y'all uh, out there listening as it has been for us. Uh, but this episode pulls no punches. Uh, 
As it starts with people punching each other. <laughs> yes, it does. And not just anybody. <laughs> Two very important people. The Adamas. Yes. The big one and the little one. Big Papa Dama and Baby Dama. <laughs> <laughs> so we see a little bit of a, a boxing match, kind of a sparring match uh, between the commander and the captain. And uh, com- uh, Captain uh, Apollo, Lee Adama, gets a, a pretty good uh, shot through to, uh, to his father's face. And, you know, asks him, you know, are you all right? And, you know, the commander just grunts. And they continue, and they're, they're trading punches and trading uh, verbal jabs as they do this as well. Uh, there's a moment where the commander gets in a, a good shot and just echoes it right back to him. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's just, it's beautiful because we've seen this relationship uh, grow and evolve through uh, this whole now like 12 episodes plus the, the, you know, the miniseries uh, from one of uh, dis- like dislike, distrust, tension to one of, you know, genuine love and respect. Uh, but it feels like something's being hashed out here. Um, and, you know, skipping ahead just a little bit because this, this scene of them fighting is interspersed through uh, several uh, other scenes. Um, there's a moment where uh, Adama seems, uh, Commander Adama seems to be praising his son, like, you don't lose control. And he's like, thank you. He's like, no, you, you have to. Like, that's, like you've got to let your instincts take over. And Lee says, I thought we were just sparring. That's why you don't win. (laughs) (laughs) And like, Oh, it's so good. Like there's this, like this real back and forth tension. Like it's, it's there again. And like, there's a lot of tension through this whole episode. Um, Yeah, there is. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Ooh. Uh, So what else is happening in the the beginning of this? There's, well, I think that moment is a really important, I think that moment, there we go. I forgot that we're recording a podcast. I just wanted to talk about Battlestar. Um, into the microphone. Into, yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, but you I know, do- you know how in uh, Adventure Zone, they have to constantly remind Clint to use his character voice. It's me with the microphone. It's you, but please talk into the microphone. Fair, fair. Um, we should get, I've been saying, or I at least said one time that I need um, one of the cool lavalier mics and then, then I'll be free to roam about the cabin and really kind of, <laughs> You know, really just more of a space. Yeah, yeah. Need to set up like something on either side of your head so that you can't <laughs> move you away d- from the microphone. <laughs> Suggesting that you, yeah, okay. Basically, the microphone equivalent of the way that they feed horses, uh, sh- where they just put the feedback on their mouths and we'll just put I the microphone. Trying to figure out what that word. Alternate, was. Uh, <laughs> alternate idea. Why not just get one of those like. Uh, Boy band headset microphones. Yeah, please. Yes. Oh, God, please. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> and then you can do like some sweet dance moves while we record the podcast. I've already got them all memorized, so I, I am ready to go. Um, so I think it's... Everybody. Uh, yeah. In this house, Caleb, in this house, it's in sync or nothing. So I don't, Okay, well, wanna... it's a good thing I'm not in that house. <laughs> it's yeah. fair. Also, this is my house, so... <laughs> in this house? <laughs> hey, aren't we supposed to be talking about something? <laughs> Um, so I think it's a really uh, important moment there, um, and I forget why. Oh, because at, when Papa Dama says, um, like, that's your problem, you have to lose control, you have to let your instincts take over, it is such a Starbuckian sentiment, and I think mm-hmm. that um, something I've been paying attention to a lot are the way... Um, is the way that characters are set up as foils on this show. And usually it's... 
a lesser show or a show, for example, like Lost, which I wouldn't say is a lesser show, but a different show. I would. Um, uh. That's why you're not part of the Lost Corner. That's why it's an, a single person. Um, there's no room at the end for. But anyway, um, there will be often there will be characters who are so alike but for one specific characteristic and you can pair them up and say you know so it would be ty and uh papadama or lee and starbuck right but nothing is black and white enough on this show for you to say like it just um is another example of how thoughtfully written these characters are that that papadama could say something that sounds very um almost unlike him in a lot of ways, but have it still feel authentic and true from him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't have an end to that, but I liked it. Speaking of Lee and Starbuck. Oh boy. There's, def- there's definitely been a, a little bit of uh, tension building between the two of them. And at first it feels like very much kind of a, a brother sister type relationship, uh, you know, ca- calling back to when, Kara uh, was engaged to, to Lee's brother, but uh, over time it's felt like maybe there was a little bit more there uh, to the point where there is a scene of, of Starbuck uh, in her rack making love to someone who at first uh, looks like it could be Lee. Uh, and then we're pretty then sure it is because she calls out, oh, Lee. <laughs> yeah, she and calls out his name passionately. Uh, and our boy Gaius isn't too happy about that. Because <laughs> it turns out. She's fracking the vice president. Yeah, yeah. That's Mr. Vice President to you, Lieutenant. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, he, do, he doesn't take that very well. No. Uh, and much more than uh, someone who's, you know, just kind of in it for the, the casualness uh, should be. As we've, we found that, you know, uh, guys has been given the green light by his, uh, his, his he- brain lover. In, like, head, head, I don't, the, the Cylon in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to frack whoever he wants. His but he cerebral can only... metamor. His there you go. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, as long as he loves no one but her. Uh, Wait, and... no, metamor's th- th- I, that's not the right word. I knew you'd get there. I think in this case, uh, <laughs> Starbuck and Six would be well. So far, would be so metamors. So but... far. Not on my OnlyFans. Are, what was what was the word I was, what was the word I was actually looking for? Uh, Paramore. Paramore. I think that's the word. That is a word. But yeah, it's a word. It might even be relevant. What does that? What does it mean? I think no. I think that's right. Paramore is like your secret. I almost said secret lover, and my skin just secret lovers <laughs> An illicit well, lover, especially of a married person or any lover. Well, to be, a, fair, uh, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, she is she is a secret lover from everyone else because only he knows that she's there. So that's true. That's true. I I stick by my cerebral paramour mm-hmm. now that I got my words right. Uh, <laughs> What's well, the the secondary definition is any lover. So like by that definition, she, that it absolutely counts. So either way, she's a secret lover. <laughs> There's your freebie. I'm gonna you can have, have that one this week. I'm going to have so much fun with auto-tune this week. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so his, uh, his secret lover uh, has herself become a little bit jealous because she suspects that Gaius might have more than, more than casual feelings 
for Starbuck, hence his being uh, particularly salty about her calling Lee's name during their uh, during their tryst. On one hand, I'm surprised that stopped him because he seems like the, the kind of person that would have sex with anyone at any time for any reason. Fair. But on the other hand, uh, his ego is so fucking huge that I could see where someone calling out someone else's name uh, while he's inside of them. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, right. How dare your focus okay. and your thoughts be on anyone <laughs> but the great Bi- Bias Galtar. Bias Galtar. <laughs> that's that's I, when... I caught myself saying it. I just I just ran with it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's when he has preconceived notions about things. <laughs> See, we already portmanteaued his name as Galtar, so that actually works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bias Galtar. <laughs> Oh, to like to the point where there there is a uh, a poker game uh, or a uh, a what what do we say that the the game is called? Triad. 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 Thank you. There's a triad Full game colors. going on, and uh, he's he's winning. He's uh, he's really uh, hustling Lee and the the rest of the crew. And Starbucks w- walks in to join, and she calls him by name, and that's that's where we get the line. That's uh, that's Mr. Vice President to you, <laughs> Lieutenant. And Lee catches on uh, some tension between the two, and uh, a little bit quick for Lee, who's not always uh, not always fully up to speed at all times. Like he he jumps <laughs> right on the the right train to uh, uh, Idea Town and realizes that. Uh, Starbuck and uh, the Mr. Vice President have been doing it, and uh, that makes him jealous. So we've got layers on layers on jealousy uh, here. We have six jealous of Gaius being having catching feelings for for Starbuck. We have Gaius being jealous because uh, Starbuck calls out Lee's name. We have Lee jealous because he figures out that Starbuck and Gaius. It's it's a mess. It's it not is. even a, a triangle. It's an unnecessary octagon in there somewhere. And yes. I guarantee it. All we need is I another couple, it. and we got an octagon. Um, the, there is uh, something of another couple thrown into the mix because uh, Gaius has a moment of uh, uh, of an interesting uh, conversation with Sharon uh, after he's walked in on her in her quarters uh, holding a gun, where we see Oof. that she's contemplating uh, ending things. Like this, uh, Boomer is still uh, very very conflicted here on on the uh, the Galactica. And uh, she eventually does go through with it, or at least attempts to, and uh, manages to do nothing more than blow a hole in her cheek. Uh, and the chief does come to visit her. So we have these intertwinings where, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Gaius kind of hits on Sharon a little bit, and then the chief kind of comes back and is like, I just want to make sure you're okay, baby, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's all, it's, it's messy. It's very messy on the Galactica today. I I wonder there there's an exchange between Boomer and the Chief when she's laying in the in the uh, sick bay. I hate to interrupt, but y'all glossed over that moment. I screamed when the gun went off in that scene. I knew it was coming. Um, I was I thought that was uh, shocking. Um, I was fully shocked. 
Um, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Uh, I actually missed it this time around. Uh, and it caught me off guard when I saw her with the, mm-hmm. the bandage over the bullet wound. Uh, because, like, somewhere in my brain I remembered watching this before and hearing that. Uh, but somehow, like, in the watching this, and I think it's because uh, I was dealing with a, a bunch of stuff for one of our other podcasts at the time that I was watching this. So I was a little bit distracted. I did not hear the gunshot. Uh, and so, uh, that's why I glossed over it because I forgot it was there. (laughs) That's fair. That's my excuse. What's yours? Uh, my excuse is that I know those things can be triggering for some people and I was trying not to dwell on it. This episode in general was really difficult to watch for a lot of reasons similar to that. I think with, there's just a lot of, uh, internal turmoil and struggle, um, but I wondered if Boomer's, I, her misfire, I guess, was Boomer changing her mind at the last second, or if it was more like um, the scene from early in the season, I think from Water, right, where she is um, fighting against her Cylon instincts or something like that uh, to um, stop the... What, what was that? Why can't I think of what it was called? Was it just a bomb? The explosive? The li- yeah, the explosive yeah. From, from going off. Um, and obviously we don't see that scene happen, thank God. But um, it is, uh, I think, worth thinking about. Well, and this the scene that we're talking about, uh, where she's in the med bay, and the you know the chief comes in to talk about her, and you know we realize like, this, we've heard this gunshot, it's happened, and we realize that she's still alive, and she missed quote unquote. Uh, you know, he kind of like tries to to pry her for information. He's like, I, I, it, it's hard to imagine that you would have forgotten to check the chamber. So implies that her story is she was, she was cleaning it and went off. Essentially. Now, now that's what I was I was wondering because he he says that like oh I you know I can't believe you didn't check the chamber, um, if, I no I can't believe you forgot to check the chamber and she says I didn't forget, mm-hmm. um yeah. you know and and what I'm wondering is did is that what she said to whoever you know found her whoever treated her or was that just the chief trying to be like trying to like give her an out as a way to not have to talk about it like that's that's kind of what i'm because she was so forthcoming with the whole like i you know i didn't forget right away that it, it makes me wonder if like if that was her story all along or if that was just something the chief was saying to try and like you know yeah, I, I don't know what, but something. It's hard to say for sure. It, it definitely could be either way, and I think we're kind of uh, intentionally left in, ambiguous here. Uh, but she does put it like right out there. He's like, "Yes, what's going on? I know things haven't been so great lately, but he's thinking like it can't be that bad." But you know, she like she says what we've been saying all along. She says, "I wake up in the morning and I wonder who I am. I wake up and I wonder if I'm going to hurt someone." So she still is like is stuck somewhere between her programming and who she thinks she is and like is completely lost. And, you know, she, she thinks in that moment that she's going to end it. But Andrew, I think you're spot on that. Like she can't do it. She like, she changed her mind at the last minute and she, you know, she has this conflict where she wants to believe that she is Sharon Valeri. She is Boomer. She is human. Uh, but she's questioning that. And she thinks that, like, if I'm going to hurt the people that I love, then I should take myself out of the equation. Yeah. Well, and it's funny that funny is not the right word, um, but it's significant that the 
Sharon, and I still don't know her number right, but whatever model back on Caprica is struggling with the same things. And she knows she's a Cylon. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're both... Um, I keep wanting to say things like connected to their humanity or whatever, but it's not, it's not humanity necessarily, but the things that we recognize as, I would say that humans recognize as humanity, um, yeah. as making up is what makes us human, etc. Um, and yeah, and she knows a hundred percent that she's a Cylon and is still struggling in that way. I have to, fi- okay. So there is a moment uh, where you know, we we talked about uh, Baltar stumbling in, in on her when she has the the gun and she's thinking through, uh, and oh, this is where she's he says this is a bad time, right? She says, no, I'm just cleaning my gun. What's going on? And so there's the you know the I'm just cleaning it and went off story. Uh, but there's a moment where Six in his head is telling him like you know deep down she knows she's a, a Cylon, but her conscious mind won't accept it, uh, and you know. She Boomer says, sometimes I have these dark thoughts. And Baltar asks, what kind of dark thoughts? And Six in his head, it says, her model is weak, always has been, but in the end, she'll carry out her mission. And so the Six clearly has opinions about the Sharon model and about her you know, ability to you know, separate herself from this concept of human motions and human, uh, humanity uh, versus what the Cylon agenda is. Uh, this is a very emotionally tense episode. It is. Uh, and this, I, it feels very much like a, a culmination of everything we've seen so far. Uh, and like, it's, it's rapidly coming to a head, but yet it's still a very slow burn. Episode. It is. We did miss, uh, one kind of, it's not really that important, but, um, we should probably talk about it. Uh, because it happens before, uh, Sharon's, thing that she does uh she she finds Koble. yeah she and, and uh and crashdown find Koble. i don't know why sharon yeah. gets to be the one that always finds the cool shit hufflepuff it feels like she's the most like senior and seasoned raptor pilot out there so she's the one that they're sending on the most important missions uh and also probably has something to do with the fact that like she's supposed to be the one sabotaging the fuck out of them <laughs> um but yeah, so Gata gives them some uh, some jump coordinates because if you remember that uh, Raptors have FTL capability, uh, and they jump right into the fucking gravity well of a planet and almost lose control and crash. And below them is this beautiful blue and green planet. Looks a lot like the one that we know and love. That we're you know this rock that we're sitting on right now, uh, or in my case, standing uh, because quit bragging. Uh, as, I mean, this this desk has never lowered since I bought it. <laughs> Standing desk all the way. Must be um, nice to have legs. Must be nice. It is. It is. It's actually a very ableist statement, so I apologize. Uh, but for, for from my perspective, it is very nice. Um, but yeah, she she finds the planet and um, Crashdown is is there with her, and he's doing some scans. He's like, you know. Basically, like, fuck me, this is a good planet. Like, we might be able to live here. And she's like, uh, this is Kobol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we've, uh, we actually do get a flashback, or at least a mention to it, uh, if we remember correctly, back when uh, Starbuck was uh, interrogating uh, or torturing, depending on your perspective, uh, Leoben, he tells her, you're going to find Kobol and it will lead the way to Earth. The way, from what I remember, the way that I took uh, 
Leoben's little mini prophecy was that, well, now I'm questioning it, but isn't it um, Roslyn who's leading us to Kobol to Earth? And he so, was just saying... Well, a dying leader... Well, that's that's according to the scriptures, not right. according to, to Leo. That's right. Pythia, which uh, well, I, I think, think that's Adama, but it's okay. I think uh, I think Leoben probably has an understanding of Pythia, right? Uh, and um, also remember that Leoben isn't known for telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's the thing about Leoben. That's the thing about Leoben is he mixes lies with the truth. So you don't know you what, don't the know truth what is. to believe. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of a dying leader, we have a. A few like important scenes with the president here. Um, one with her, her talking to Billy, uh, and you know, you know them kind of discussing the, her visions and the, the side effects of the Kamala. One of her talking with Elosha, the the priestess, uh, who has a moment of saying like, essentially, like you've made a believer out of me. And, like the high priestess of the religion, then like sees. That you know their leader is dying. That you know she's having visions, and they're on the right track to you know to possibly discover Kobol and subsequently Earth, and like that's basically renewed her faith, and you know she's kind of driving um, Rosalind's uh, efforts and, and desire to like keep fulfilling this prophecy. Uh, I, I I have to feel that without Elosha's influence. Uh, Rosalind probably wouldn't have pushed so hard uh, for this discovery and wouldn't have taken on the mantle of the dying leader. Uh, she would have accepted her fate of, you know, I have six months to live and, like, let's make the most of it in the meantime. That's that's what it feels like Rosalind would have been to me. She would have done everything she could but wouldn't have, like, you know, taken on this this grand crusade. Rosalind tends to be or has been um, a character who will do what she needs to do and isn't afraid to step up when necessary. But I haven't before uh, all of the visions and whatnot started seen her go out of her way to take on more responsibility in order to make like a bigger, you know, thing. There's a really interesting moment where uh, her, her visions kind of start to return because uh, after Boomer and Crashdown uh, return from finding this and like confirming like we're pretty sure this is Kobol. They have some aerial, aerial reconnaissance photos of at least one major city in ruins and the president looks at the photos and she sees like a fully intact inhabited city and she says so and they're like uh <laughs> what are you talking about? And then she looks again and of course the photos are of ruins but she explains like I saw you know the opera house of Kobol. Uh, of the City of the Gods, I believe, is the actual name of the, the city. The Forum and, and the so, Opera House and the City of the Gods. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's really interesting that she's she's seeing visions of a city that's not there anymore uh, after a recent episode of seeing visions of a conversation she hadn't had yet with a Cylon. And then the whole snakes thing. And then the snakes thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also with the president in this episode is her meeting with, uh, vice president Gaius Baltar. Yeah. Who is, uh, in the middle of an argument with six 
about whether or not he's in love with Starbuck and how that's not okay with her, uh, her being six. And he's trying to say that he isn't. And uh, the president is basically like, are you like, are you here? Are you with us? Are you paying attention? And he just, in order to answer both of them that are drilling him with questions at once, is essentially just like, no, and I can't believe you would <laughs> ask me that and expect this of me. And I just, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And like, she's like, do you need some time, Dr. <laughs> Baltar? So yes, I think we need a break. <laughs> He breaks up with the president. He's so he does. silly in the scene, uh, alliteration aside. And it seems to me that what he could have done is just been like, hey, Six, that's her name. Can you hang on for half a second? Come having a conversation with the president. Um, and I have somehow not learned yet not to talk to you out loud, even though I have to assume that you can read my thoughts because you live inside my brain. That's the crazy thing to me is that whenever he speaks to her, or interacts with her, like he does that in like the physical corporeal world. Like he's speaking out loud to her. He is, you know, grinning like a madman spinning in his chair <laughs> as she's doing things to him sexually. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get the impression that he perceives her as being in the room with him. Yeah, oh, yeah. But he knows that she's not. Or at the very least, he knows that nobody else can see her. Right. But, but even I, in the argument that he has with her, when he's trying to deny being in love with Starbuck, she says, I know everything you know. Mm -hmm. So that's further cementing the idea that she is like really all up in his brain, mm -hmm. right in his brain hole, mm -hmm. right, right there in the brain hole. I'm still so um, fascinated by and bummed that it can't be true that, um, she had to find a place to roost because she couldn't get home after uh, the attack on Caprica and that she just kind that of... was the single best fan theory I've ever heard for any show. It was really... <laughs> yeah. I think it was... See, that's why I know it wasn't real because I think it was yours, Caleb, right? I think that's how we got there. It didn't come from my brain, I don't think. Um, and In so hindsight, it might have been mine and I might have just given away that that's not true. But <laughs> at, the, at the same time... Like, how fucking cool would that be? Yeah. <laughs> if she or, was a, a silent consciousness that didn't make it back to the, you know, so the mothership, good. so to speak. Or the base ship. is Caleb just trying to throw you off the trail? Well, the way I've been um, getting to live with this theory because I like it so much is um, telling myself that maybe this is just something that doesn't actually get answered. Um, so you could lean into that. And mm. I have such a little bird brain, I'll forget. Um, and then that can just be our headcanon that... Uh, that that's where six is. Fair enough. Or that's I, how she got there. I am. All I'm going to say is that the next three seasons are going to continue to fuck with your head and yes. with every theory you have. This is uh, such a good show. You, you may never be fully confident of any one theory. I'm not after like five rewatches. That's so. very cool. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so they find Kobol and <laughs> Uh, and we have multiple Jada's contacts. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we, we do. We do have multiple Jada's contacts, uh, I think. Let me see. How long have we been recording? <laughs> yes. I thought you were going for it. That's yes. why I said it. We do. We have multiple <laughs> Dreda's contacts. We're going to go ahead and take a break and hear from our sponsor this week, which is Caleb. Uh, and Me. I sponsor the show. He sponsors Ooh. the show. That's how we're able to afford to keep the lights on around here, folks. Caleb just... 
pays pays us to podcast with him because he doesn't have any friends. That's really sad. So it is really sad. Uh, so you can either uh, donate to our, our cash app at hashtag Night Shift Radio, or you can. I guess you could just be my friend. Uh, either one of those would be an acceptable ending I, for me. Ideally, both would be would be the best outcome. One of them benefits the whole network, and one of them just makes me feel good. And that benefits the whole that network. That benefits the whole network. Because when Caleb's happy, <laughs> we're happy. Oh, well, uh, anyway, uh, here comes the ad. You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition 1 as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform. Jumpin' Jesus, my oh my, has got a great big bottle of sunshine. Everybody, jumpin' Jesus, why oh why. I don't even know what you're singing. Yeah, I don't either. Of course you do. Counting Crows, I, nope. 2013. Nope. This is a big hit. Uh, I mean, I, I love Counting Crows, but I don't know that song. <laughs> um, I may have just been uh, building a giant playlist for real of songs with the word jump in it, and that might be all I know because it's the first two lines. Um, I mean, I believe that. But it yes, has been in my head for two days now, so. Fantastic. Can we, can we totally, one more time? I'm can we kidding. please, please have the ad break now? Jump in. I thought we were already in the ad break. I, th- I It's hard to tell. <laughs> I still don't know how to come back from the break. You'd think, you'd think by the end of season one we would have figured this out, but... You, you really should have something. I know. It's just, I don't know what to do. We're, we're back. back. We're back from the break. Do you want to sing Jump in Jesus again? You sound, you sound really sad about being back. Like, it's, you, you, I'm just sad that I don't have a good... I've got such a good transition to go into the break, and you've got such a good intro and such a good outro, and you've got your Jesus songs, and I just—and I just don't know. Next season, they're all Jesus songs. Buckle up. I just don't. I would. I just, I just. I don't have a good thing. I don't know how to do it. I wanted to make the "you have one job" joke, but like, you really have a lot more than that. I have a few jobs. So we're back. We're back. We're back. All listeners accounted for. Thank you. Thank uh, you for that report. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my god. This this episode it, like it's all over the place. So much is happening. Mm-hmm. Um Are you talking about the <laughs> the Battlestar Galactic episode or our episode of the podcast? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. It it is absolutely worth uh, noting while not spending a, a significant amount of time on the fact that uh we do see uh, down on Caprica, Sharon chasing Hilo uh, after he's been scared off by the realization that she is at least a clone. Uh, still don't think he understands the, yeah. the, the Cylon connection yet. Um, 
given that it's been about 30 seconds since the events of last episode uh, where he was calling them clones and uh, thinking that the, the Cylons tinkered with human DNA. But he knows something's wrong, and uh, he's not ready to trust her at all. Uh, and she's, she's basically trying to convince him, like, you know, I'm, I'm still the, you know, the same person, like, everything that I've told you is true, and I have all these feelings, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a feeling-er. <laughs> I, I do still get cold, you know. Oh, God. I do, yeah, they, they have you know, this scene where they're sitting, like, kind of sheltered from the rain, and, and she, you know, she tells him that line, you know, I, I, I feel things. I, I get cold. I'm, uh, you might not realize I'm fucking miserable right mm-hmm. now. Um, and that's about the, the extent of what it's worth spending on those two since the, they're not a, an integral part of this episode, but like, they're still there and like, we're still seeing the realization, uh, happening for, for Hilo there. But something more important relating to Caprica does happen this episode. Okay, we have to build our way there. So uh, they mount an expedition to Kobol uh, with a few different raptors, and they jump back into the Kobol, uh, the Kobol zone, and... Uh, Highway <laughs> to the Kobol zone. zone. Let me ride it to the Kobol. Okay, I, I'm totally wait. Uh, danger Zone is a good uh, is a good song for what happens because boy, are they in the danger zone when they jump back into Kobol uh, because Cylons Cylons are oh everywhere. God. It is so l- many Cylons. It's lousy with Cylons. There's a bass <laughs> star. There's a there's a dog on my lap bumping my microphone. Hi, dog. Um, yeah, so they jump into Kobol. There's Cylons everywhere. Uh, there's a uh, slight kerfuffle. Uh, one of the raptors, I believe, gets taken out completely. Yeah. Uh, one of the raptors gets shot down and is crashing uh, into Kobol, which uh, it's worth pointing out that uh, Gaius Baltar is on that raptor because uh, Six told him it wasn't safe to be on Galactica, and so he volunteered himself for this land mission. Yeah. He he insists on being a part of it because no one was going to let him go. But he uh, he pulls rank as the vice president and says that you know he he needs to be there. Uh, but this raptor has some some important people on it. You know, Gaius Baltar is on there. Chief Tyrrell is there. Uh, Crashdown is there. Uh, some pilot whose name we never know uh, gets <laughs> shot and killed. Uh, Callie is also on. Callie is also on it. Yeah. Uh, uh, worth pointing out that Crashdown is the one that crashes the Raptor down into uh, Kobol. Manages to live up to his call sign. <laughs> yeah. And boy, what a rough, tense... I mean, that is such a tense... They're, they're crashing through the atmosphere, and then the the windshield of the Raptor oh caves in. And so he's just up there in the front taking all the debris in the atmosphere oh and like everything God. right in his face, and he's trying to... I mean, what a trooper, honestly. Mm-hmm. He he calls the hit the deck at just the right moment, just before the uh, the. I mean, we'll call it a windshield. Uh, it's more of like a. It's more of a lack thereof windshield. A viewport. A viewport. I, guess. I mean, it's, star it's shield. a solar solar windshield. Well, star shield. Go. Star shield. Yes. And you know. So, uh, you know what? Raptors go into atmosphere. It's a windshield. Fair enough. I mean, there there is enough of a direct. Uh, analogy between uh, like vipers and, and fighter jets and raptors and helicopters that yeah they're windshields uh, it's fine 
so That's- anywho, they're, they're, they need to come up with a plan to go get their people and to... Uh, we have not said why they're going to Caprica Right, we're getting there. Oh, right, we have to we build are, to we it. We are building. We have to build to this. I'm so sorry. So we, we're building a case. We're building a case for this. We're so, building a mystery. Ooh, that's a song, right? <laughs> Caleb just went down the stairs. <laughs> I've never successfully pulled off that gag. Cut-off size of this this camera angle is perfect. Just the right amount of space I need to pull that off. Oh my god! <laughs> it was. I was struck by that the way I was struck by uh, six putting the glasses on in that one episode because I wasn't looking at you until you were already into it so i didn't get to see the transition from person standing to person doing a bit and it was just that (laughs) god that uh that really made my night (laughs) good i'm glad makes me happy uh and hey uh if you subscribe now you will get all the great visual gags we do on our audio only podcast Uh, every week, right to your uh, right to your pod box. So Michael's gonna listen to this and be like, "I fucking told you you should do YouTube. I fucking told you." He's gonna say it. He's gonna fire us all. Oh, oh no! He can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> oh no! It's been a while since you've quit the it's podcast. Been a while. I have. I don't think I've quit this podcast ever. Have I? Yeah, you've quit a few times. Oh, okay. Well, so much for that. <laughs> so they need to take out these Cylons. Uh, these Cylons are all up in the way. And they need to take them out. And so Starbuck gets one of her harebrained Starbuck ideas, TM, TM, TM. <laughs> and uh, she decides that the the best course of action is to load uh, the, the captured raider up with a nuke. Which she actually, uh, she, she delivers this plan directly to the XO, who then delivers to the, uh, the president, the commander, and the captain. Mm, yes. Uh, and Lee's not too happy about that. Lee's not. He has a, a bit of a confrontation with uh, Starbuck, where he he gives her the business for bringing her harebrained schemes to the XO instead of to him. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of tension between them. They also have a, a, a fight at some point about her and uh, Baltar. And I will say that while Lee is justified in being mad at her for going straight to the XO with her plan instead of going to him and and breaking the chain of command, although Mm -hmm. they do that every week, so I don't know why that's suddenly a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, it's suddenly a problem because he's mad at her. But I will say he has absolutely no grounds to be upset with her for for sleeping with Baltar. Um, Hard agree. And and she even says, like, I don't owe you anything. And, nope. and I, I have to agree with her. Like, they they did not have any type of, like, hey, we're not going to sleep with other people talk. Or they didn't even other, have a, hey, right? we're going to sleep with each other yeah. talk. Exactly. Yeah. They, they weren't even in a relationship. They weren't, like, it was... Last week they danced at prom, and now he thinks they're going steady. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah. there's no... Yeah, it, it's like, I just... He's got not, he doesn't have a leg to stand on here on this particular uh, this particular grievance. And then she apologizes at the end of that scene, right? Yeah. That's that scene, which is bullshit. It did make me cry because now Starbuck, there's a handful of 
characters and television shows and stuff who just seeing them tear up makes me cry. And it turns out Starbuck is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And her sad little face when she says captain and then I'm really sorry um, is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, they have a the a complicated and uh, fraught relationship, but yeah, he he he's being kind of an entitled prick mm-hmm. and uh, being angry about something he has no right to be angry about, and then carrying that anger and emotion through to this uh, breach in the chain of command, uh, and you you can tell that it's really that is what he's angry about because he turns right around and says, now with this, uh, you know, dressing down out of the way, what's the plan? Yeah. And she tells him, you know, the idea is to like, she's figured out, uh, how to enable an autopilot on the captured Raider and send it into, uh, you know, the, the Cylon, uh, base star, uh, Gata has gathered together all of the, the strange uh, Cylon wireless access points that they've found around the ship uh, <laughs> and figured out that they are transponders that are able to communicate with each other and recognize each other as uh, transponders, as, as Cylon signals. And so they, they, the plan is to equip the Raider with one of those so that the Cylons recognize it as one of their ships because, you know, they wouldn't recognize a Raider. Yeah, that was my question is, is was... Why? Why have what? Why not the plan after? Because I understand. Well, but so, why even have them on the? So uh, a couple things. Number one, there probably has to be some kind of trust between the raider and the base star for it to approach and to dock and to go inside and whatnot. Uh, and the raider's guts have been gutted and no. so there's no there's no thinking wait, going on there wait so. wait whoa okay i hate to talk about the meat ship i hate to but <laughs> no you don't i you love meat ship uh, meat ship is life me <laughs> oh. <laughs> but i do have a real question now and i don't even it has only just occurred to me that they chopped that poor ship up Starbuck took out its brain first yeah, thing. But That's it's the first thing she did. She, right for the brain, but it's but it is flying. And so there's some something alive in whatever ish way. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. It's uh, basically a zombie. Oh, it is. It's like what are the ants with the things. Oh my god. The the cordyceps fungus? Or the, the ones that attach to the ant and then move the ant around? Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you for knowing what that was called. Wow. It's just like that. It's That's exactly one of my like biggest that. fears <laughs> for being real. Like, people drink cordyceps tea, and I'm like, you, like have you what? read The Girl with All the Gifts? What? Like, what? Fuck Why that. Would you... I'm having a terrible time right now. I just need everyone <laughs> Here, do you, to know. Do, would you like a dog? I would love the dog. Here. Is, um, there, is your time better now? Yeah. Oh, they, I mean... They, they, it's basically something the cross between a zombie and a mech suit, and it's really confusing. Mm-hmm. And like, it gives me like strange feelings that I can't compensate for. Mm-hmm. Zombie mech suit gives me a really good idea for a movie uh, that you could for, cover uh, on uh, Never Heard of It. So uh, look, look for that to be coming uh, spring twenty twenty one, which is also a metal band. <laughs> yes, not a good one though. Zombie mech suit. 
Uh, anywho, they've got to get the raider to. Um... <laughs> Come on, dog. And he just cannot decide what lap he wants to be in. Know, he wants to be in both, both of them, is the thing. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I empathize. He's. He's just very needy, and that's why I love him so this much. This is going to be such a hard episode to edit. <laughs> uh, so they need to get the raider to the base star and blow it up. Uh, but before they do that, they need to run a couple more tests. Uh, Starbuck specifically needs to get, run a couple more flight tests on the autopilot. Yeah. Um, but before she does that, she has a conversation with uh, our favorite president, so far, the only president. Excuse me. <laughs> We've talked about this. Our favorite president. This is uh, our favorite president of the TV <gasps> show, not of the podcast. Thank you. Yes. Actually, it means less than because then by default, I have to be the favorite. But I want to be the favorite as compared to the other president. So look deep inside your heart. Do you really live up to Laura Roslin? Ouch. No, I they're right though. If I mean like I mean, I'm not even my favorite I was, president okay, between the Okay, all right. To, to for full transparency here, I was trying to do that bit from Futurama where uh Bender really wants to be a Harlem Globetrotter. <laughs> and uh even Bubblegum Tate is like, "Look inside your heart. Are you really funky enough to be a Globetrotter?" And he's like, "Yes." He's like, "Are you?" He's like, "No." no. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to do, and it, it kind of fell flat on space. I just want our listeners to feel bad for me. Oh, I'm cutting that whole thing I'm out, because now I just feel like a jerk. Not a monster. <laughs> this show used to be about Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> and I'm not sure when we turned, but here we are. Make the podcast about Battlestar Galactica again. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, uh, Starbuck talks to Laura Roslin. Laura requests that Starbuck go to... Caprica mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to get the arrow mm-hmm. of Apollo. <laughs> Correct. Which they can then take to the tomb of Athena on Kobol and find the way to Earth. Yes. Is that is that the lore? Okay. That is. So, uh, and Starbuck's like, we don't need that. The commander knows where Earth is. You oh. said so in the first episode. Mm. And Laura Roslin's like, he doesn't know where nah, Earth is. Nah, girl. She, she says that the best line, because Starbuck says, you know, he doesn't know where uh, our Roslin says uh, he has no idea where Earth is. He made it up uh, to give the people hope. And Starbucks says, you're lying. She says, go ask him. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And she does. And she does. And it's it's funny because, like, there there's this little dance where, like, he doesn't want to lie to her. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't say anything that's not true. It's you know, he does, but he but he doesn't really answer her questions either. She's like, you know, how long till we get to Earth? He's like, no, it's hard to say. And she says, you got to guess. You know, I don't like to guess. Are we getting closer? I'm sure we are. Good luck on the next test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he's so evasive because yep. he knows, like, I can't answer this straight, especially not right now because we're in a very tense situation, and like we we need to like. We really have to take this one problem at a time. Well, it's like, funny. It reminded me so much of the scene when Starbuck, when he comes to Starbuck about Zach and Starbuck is being purposefully evasive. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know why Lee would have said that. That's crazy. You have to ask him. And I couldn't remember what Adama says, but he gives her some 
really heartbreaking line about like he's like I just something something I deserve more than than that um he's like I don't remember exactly what it is but I was waiting for her to pull that out um and turn it around on him but she did not well she kind of does in the moments after this because she goes on her autopilot test uh, and she she radios to Duala and asks for a scramble channel directly to the commander. Uh, uh, and I do want to point out that she asked for a scramble channel to talk directly to Galactic Actual, which is the first time <laughs> I think we hear that in the show. Hey, that's me. No, I'm I'm, I'm SC one Actual. I'm yeah. I'm not good enough to to fill Edward James almost shoes. Is anyone? We're just no. all s- no. second fiddles, huh? One hundred percent. No one can fill EJO's shoes. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. Uh, Your pure love you know, for EJO is one of my favorite things about this podcast. Um, and you know, she she gets the, the the scramble channel and he's like, "Go ahead." And she says, "I believed in you, believed in Earth. What are you doing, Starbuck? Bringing home the cat, sir." Which is a great callback to that line mm-hmm. that we we learn is kind of like a, a just like it's their thing, you know. That what do you hear? Nothing but the rain. Grab your gun and bring in the cat. And well, they, like he realizes like what she means by that. Uh, because I, I think like he, he's caught on like there there's more of a plan going on than what he was aware of. And he's like, We can talk about this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, he has such a like a, a an intense line because it's not a like like you're going to be in trouble for this or like, you know, we'll, we'll court martial for this. We'll skin you up and you know, string you up for this is oh, I want yeah. you to remember one thing. I do not regret anything that I did. Be sure that whatever you're going to do, you don't regret it later. Do you understand me? So he's not telling her you can't do this or like you're breaking the rules or like, this is wrong. He's saying like, make sure that you're right. Prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is such a fucking powerful statement from yes. a leader as yes. as strong as as Adama. <laughs> and I think that it's further proof that he's sort of, you know, picked her out to be his successor um and is yeah, you know, especially like I know. Um especially with that earlier uh scene with him talking about to Lee, like the reason that Lee isn't is because he won't lose yes. control. He won't let yes. his instincts take over, but Starbuck will. Yes. That is such a perfect mm-hmm. tie all the way back to the beginning. Uh, speaking of tie, <laughs> uh, when uh, you know, they, they figure out something's going on and Gaitis says, Commander, she's spinning up the Raiders FTL drive. And Ty is like, what? <laughs> this is an autopilot test. What the hell is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't scheduled for a jump test. Where the hell she go? And then the whole thing ends on one word. Adama saying, home. And, ah, so cliffhanger. Good. Cliffhanger. So we have, we have one more episode in this season. Stop. And, of course, it's, it's part two of this. We know that Starbuck is on her way back to Caprica to find an artifact called the Arrow of Apollo, which seems to me to be something shrouded in, if not lost in, uh, legend and history. Uh, and so, you know, supposedly, according to this, like, scripture, this, this book of Pythia, that Arrow is going to be the thing that, when brought back to Kobol, will lead them to Earth. But will it? 
here's a thought. <laughs> yes. Why didn't they just ask Lee if he had the arrow with him? What with him? I being? mean, that's a great point. It's so funny to me that they're not like a pot, a pot, huh? Oh, because like huh? him, me, him, him, me, him? <laughs> exactly. Because because like here's the thing, you know, he very well could have packed that when he was, uh, you know. Well, the, like I know you're joking, but they talk about it as if it is just something like, oh fuck, we left the arrow back home. I'm gonna run back real quick. I'm just going to get the arrow. Yeah, real quick. Real quick. Anybody need anything else while I'm running to get the arrow? Real yeah. quick. You know what they don't talk about? Lee's God Complex. <laughs> well, <laughs> give him the give him the uh, Apollo call sign, and yeah, I mean you you do become your call sign. It's or your call sign becomes you. It's one or the other. There's no way Can't to tell. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, Caleb, uh, last week I think we changed your call sign from Silver Fox to something else, and I forget what it was. I don't remember either. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'll edit that episode this week, so I'll, I'll let you know when I find out. It was funny, and I liked it. Yeah, I did too. I just did. I don't remember what it oh, was. Well, if you liked it, it can't be your call sign. You must know that by now. Just ask a old hot dog. I like. <laughs> I like my call sign. Thank you very much. Well, Pinero's on. Oh, he's sleeping. Life hack. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. Uh, appreciate your call sign, and uh, nobody can use it against you. <laughs> if you love your call sign, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> Teach a man to call sign. <laughs> Teach a man to call. You can lead a man to call sign. You, you can lead a man to call, but you can't make him sign. There you go. You can teach a man to fish, but that doesn't mean he has time to go out and catch his own food all day, every day. Maybe that's what fishermen are for. Uh, Preach. Also, uh, build a man a fire. He'll be warm for a night. Light a man on fire. He'll be warm for the rest of his life. Deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Uh, So... Andrea, as we're going into the the final uh, episode of this season, and we're on a cliffhanger now, and we don't know where we're going to be left one episode from now, (sighs) what are your thoughts? So many. Um, Well, so something... I'm trying to decide which thing I want. Okay. I want to start with Boomer on Galactic... Oh, no. Boomer on Caprica is 100% pregnant. Um... Something else. Wait, do they eat the the beans was the last episode. There was something this week where I was positive that she was pregnant. Well, Hilo shot her. Well, in the shoulder. Poor uh, Boomer, wherever she is, can't help but get shot. Get shot. Oh, shit. He he shoots her in the shoulder. That's really interesting. Yeah. And like they're like two non-lethal wounds Mm -hmm. uh, had like... For all intents and purposes, essentially the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this model is on the struggle bus, like, Big right time. to, like, misery town. Yeah. Well, and then that leads me to believe this is going to sound like it's not related, but that Six is in trouble, too, because I don't think Six is pregnant, um, though Sharon definitely is. Um, I wish I could remember. It doesn't matter. Um, it does matter, but not for now. Um because Six early on says that um, Sharon is messing up because she thinks she loves Hilo. And then in this episode, she says this model's weak. And we know that the thing that Six thinks makes Sharon is weak, according to Six, because she um, thinks she has the capacity to love. But Six tells uh, Baltar this episode that she loves him. So mm-hmm. if... 
A equals ipso facto, et cetera, QED. Um, six is in trouble as well. Um, or in for something uh, that has to do with that. And um, what was... Oh, Kobol's Earth. Earth is Kobol. I, I don't know why we're... Um, why it hasn't occurred to anybody on their way there on the show that it's the same place. Uh, there is a moment where I, I think it's the on the Raptor with uh, the crash down and Boomer where he says, like, could this be Earth? And she says, no, this is more important. This is Cobalt. Right, right. But it's, so, I just am, I will eat my hat if it's not both. So, Two things. Mm-hmm. There's four seasons of the show. Yeah. We are in the first season. Well, it might take them a little while to figure it out. Uh, oh, I see. So the next three seasons are just them on Cobal, like <laughs> building a society. Well, they're on Cobal and they've got whatever key Starbuck comes back with and they're just trying lots of different locks to get into... That's the next three seasons, and then just like, not this one, damn! Yeah. <laughs> so, we know that there's lots of seasons, and Andrea has uh, talked about eating her hat, so would that be Mrs. Haberdash? <laughs> Mrs. Dash. For those, Haberdash, yeah. it's a hat, and seasoning, and it's a lot of layers there. You gotta... <laughs> let's... I hate this fucking podcast so much. <laughs> it's a winter joke, because there's lots of layers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that last one really surprised just, me. Uh, You've been on fire tonight, Caleb. If, uh, just uh, give me a minute, guys. I'm Googling how to quit a podcast. <laughs> well, I still have to record here because I still don't know how to turn my own microphone on. So I don't know what to tell you about that. Um, so I think that the biggest problem is that the microphone doesn't have a switch. So like you don't, you don't have to turn it. <laughs> you just plug it in. I'm, I'm supposed to plug it in this yeah. This whole time, mm-hmm. I've sp- oh and then fuck. okay, mystery solved. That, and then yep, also you face out. it towards you, not away from you. Uh, okay, so now that one I'm still figuring out, but but I'm getting there. Yep. Um, Arrow of Apollo. Oh, okay. So one thing that we did get some uh, clarification on earlier in the episode when they're talking about the ruins is that um, three thousand years since Earth Two, was left. Two thousand years. Um, and so I don't know what that does for us yet, but in terms of, um, well, that was a question. Cause we were, we were wondering, they said in the previous episode, the articles of colonization were signed like 50 years ago or something like that. It's 52. I think 52, it was 56 so, somewhere around in there. So that's, yeah, there's a lot of other years in, 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 between. in play in between there. Yeah. Um, so we figured there has to have been like some time spent amongst the tars, the tars. Uh, some time spent amongst the stars looking for a new home, and then some time establishing colonies on each of these, uh, all the way up until like they finally create this unified government and then fuck it all up because of the silence. <laughs> like immediately in the grand scheme they, of things. Like, realistically, yeah. Like, right. In the, the cosmic scale of time, like this is like... You know, they they opened their front door, ran out, uh, tripped and stumbled on the sidewalk, <laughs> and now like a bully is kicking them in the ribs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where that analogy went. But. No, but I think you're right. And on that note, uh, thank you for tuning in this week to Second Edition One. Uh, 
I, that's not my uh, job. And you still have more to say, don't you? I mean, I always have more to say, but I am shouting again. I feel like my voice just the volume increases across like throughout the episode. And then by the end, I'm just yelling. Um, but uh, but I want to speculate before we move on to this last episode a little bit about um Arrow of Apollo, Temple of Athena. I don't think the Temple of Athena is actually the Temple of Athena. It's like the Statue of Liberty or some bullshit, something that could be like, so then what What tangible physical object would they need in order to, I'm asking y'all to speculate about how to solve this mystery, I just realized. Um, it's like uh, Indiana Jones right, in the map room exactly. with the Staff of Ra. That's, so that's what I'm trying to like... Is that is this like clue? It was it was Indiana Jones in the map room with the staff of Ra. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And it was okay. Leodama in the Statue of Liberty with the, the the arrow of Apollo. But what would that be? I hope it's just a key. I really just want it to be like a key in one of those magnetic key holders that you would hide in your wheel well, you know? So it's just like under keys uh, yeah. under uh Lee's uh Kia Sorrento. Exactly. Is it the lighter? Is it the lighter? So- What's the back of the lighter say? Just just the grandfather's name. It's not the lighter. Could be the yeah. lighter. So I like this that is, you that you have not yet considered the fact that it could legitimately be an arrow. Of course it's not just it. You don't watch however many seasons of Lost there were and think anything is just what they call it. <laughs> uh, this is one of the few instances so far this season where I remember almost exactly what happens, so I'm going to refrain from from commenting at all. Um, but I, I love this line of thought, and I want to encourage it. Look into my eyes, Caleb. Is it... Oh, no, that was unsettling. I didn't mean it. No, you're too close. <laughs> I was petting the dog, and then there was just panic, and I looked up, and I was like, what's happening? Yes, hello. You're such a good I thought I could see deception or confirmation in your eyeballs, but instead I just saw my own fear and terror reflected back at me. Um, Mission accomplished. Uh, (laughs) That's all that's behind this. (laughs) Just fear and terror. Same hat. Um, I don't think, yeah, I think actually that's where I want to. Is that where we're leaving it? My brain, it's. So it's been an episode, y'all. Like, subscribe. It's been. It's been. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you on the <laughs> side. What is happening My right now? My brain has melted. Okay. It is so, full soup o'clock. Next week, we'll, uh, we'll resume for part two and the actual season finale of season one of Battlestar Galactica. But for now, we're going to spool up the FTL drives, and we're going to jump away, and we'll see you at the rendezvous coordinates next week. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Oh, God, that was kind of creepy. This is my ASMR podcast. Oh, God, please stop. Oh, oh. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition 1 is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.